0: Hi everyone, and welcome to Where Faith Grows. I'm your host, Laura Lambert. Every episode, I sit down with a friend, some old and some new, and we explore areas of our lives where we can let faith thrive and flourish. I'm so happy you're joining me here today. Let's find out together where faith can grow. So usually at this point, I would be saying, welcome to whoever my guest is. Uh, But today I don't have a guest. It's just me. (laughs) And this kind of an episode is long overdue for me. I have actually not done a solo episode since my intro episode, my very first one when I introduced Where Faith Grows. And if you've been listening since the very beginning, then you know We have come a long way since then. It's almost six months of the show. It'll be six months on November 1st, and today is October 30th. Um, That's the day this episode is coming out anyway. So we're about six months in, and I felt like it was time to just do one of these, do a special episode where I kind of touch base. Um, If you follow me on social media, which I hope that you do, because that's kind of where I share a lot of my own story and where I talk about the purpose behind this podcast quite a bit there and just kind of the mission behind Where Faith Grows. but. My Instagram is at Lambert, and on my Instagram, I said I was going to do this episode, (laughs) and I did a little question in my stories, and I asked you guys what you wanted me to talk about, and overwhelmingly, you guys said, how to start a podcast. Maybe you want to start a podcast, and you want to know more about it, Um, and there were some more specific questions within that, but pretty much overwhelmingly, the topic to cover was, how do you start a podcast? So we're not going to only talk about that. I also want to talk about some why I started a podcast type of stuff, but that's kind of the main topic of today. We're going to chat about how do you start a podcast? So let's just dive right into this. I think the very first thing you want to do if you want to start a podcast is find your why. You know, there was that really popular uh, TED Talk that went around a while ago. I can't even remember when it was. Probably maybe 2014. No, it might even be older than 2014. It's pretty old, but it's by Simon Sinek, and it says it's called Start With Why. And for him, he's just talking about business in general, but um, I think it really applies to anything. especially. Especially a podcast because you need to figure out why you're doing what you're doing. Um, that's going to really get you through the times when it feels hard. It's going to get you through the times when it feels monotonous. It's going to help you power through the things that you don't really want to do that are part of podcast making. And it's going to make the joys so much more rewarding because you're going to know exactly why you're doing what you're doing. So I'll tell you guys why I originally started Where Faith Grows. And if you want more information on this and you kind of want, Um, I guess to know the deeper story, you should check out my intro episode. So I'll link it in the show notes here. But basically, I talk about how I had become really disenfranchised with the church, which is kind of surprising because I grew up Christian, and I've always been Christian, and I've always had a very strong relationship with God. But um, I just kind of fell into that very common pattern that I think a lot of us fall into, which is following the rules and doing everything right and doing all the good Christian girl things we think we're supposed to do. And then all of a sudden, we wake up one morning and we think, am I really making a difference? Is this really why I'm supposed to be here on earth, you know, to do Bible studies and go to church? And those things are good and those things are great. But when that is all you're doing and you're doing it as a way to check off your list and not as a way to actually pursue your relationship with the Lord, it can be very unfulfilling. And that's the trap I found myself in. So, like I said, if you want to hear more of that story, check out the intro episode, and I'm sure I will cover this story in greater detail later, but that is not the purpose of today. What I basically want to say is that when I became really disenfranchised with the church, I found myself focusing in on stories of faith. Um, They became really important to me, and I was reading my Bible, and I was hearing all these stories of faith from people in the Bible, and I was listening to podcasts from other... um, like preachers and pastors all over the country, and I I just found myself very fascinated, I guess is the right word, by stories of faith and why they matter. And it occurred to me that they matter the most, Um, because if you read the Bible, if you really— take some time to look at the New Testament, the disciples overwhelmingly shared their story of how Jesus changed their life. Jesus overwhelmingly shared stories of how God changes people's lives. He shared parables. He shared stories of people He interacted with, and the disciples in turn did the same. And then when the disciples ran into people, what did they tell them to do? They wanted them to go share the good news, and often that good news was their story. And so— I just became really enraptured with this idea, and it really made me realize that if we really believe in a God who is the same now as He was yesterday and will be tomorrow, then we have to believe that He still operates like that. We have to believe that He still gives us powerful stories of faith and that sharing those stories of faith is powerful. So I believe that every story matters. I believe every story has value. And I believe that every person has a story to tell. I don't think you have to go to seminary to be able to share your story. I don't think that you have to be trained to tell your story. I think that at any given time, you have a story to tell about how God has radically changed your life. And I also think that those stories have life changing potential. And so they're very important to share. And I also think that. We have to understand that our stories are unique. Every person has something unique to say, and therefore there is a unique listener, at least one, out there for your story. So I would go so far as to say, not only can your story change lives, but you're obligated to share your story because it will change lives for those who hear it. So I think that's one of the reason. that's really the main reason why I wanted to start this podcast is I became so so captivated by stories of faith that I wanted to hear them, and I wanted to share them with the world, other people's stories of faith, specifically women's stories of faith, because I think that every person does deserve a platform to share their stories of faith, whether they're big, whether they're small, whether it has to do with a business they created or their art or just worship. Um, I think every story of faith deserves a platform to be told, and that is why I started Where Faith Grows. So that's kind of a really long way to tell you that my why is that I believe stories matter and I want a platform to share them. When you're thinking about your why, when you're thinking about why you want to start a podcast, I want you to think about that like I have, but I also want you to think about kind of the not so pretty things that are urging you to do this mission that you have in mind. For me, it's that, like I said, I got really caught up in the rule following and the checklist checking of Christianity and of church and I became really disenfranchised with it. So those are things that I are just part of my story. They're not pretty parts of my story. They're not it's not really a part of my story that I love to tell people because I think it can come across wrong. Um I never want people to think that I hate church because I don't. I actually love the church I currently attend, but it's a very real part of my story that I was pushed into this world of podcasting and Instagram and blogging and sharing about the love of Jesus because of that and that's something i want you to think about too as you think about this podcast that you want to start or maybe it's not a podcast for you maybe you just want to start a new mission of faith well i still think you should start with why i think you should also start by thinking about the not so pretty moments that have catapulted you into feeling passionate about this mission that's the first thing that's one thing i really wanted to make sure i covered in this episode is why Start with your why. Start with an idea. What do you want to tell people? And why are you so passionate about that mission? Write it down, even. I I have several places that I have written kind of my little mission down in, and and even the not so pretty parts, I've written it all down just because I think one day it's going to be powerful for us to look back and see really how far we've come. And also, how much hasn't changed, the things that will always be passions for us. It's just interesting to do. And I think it's also a good way to drive you forward. So write it down. That is step one. And that's also the least concrete thing that I'm going to tell you in this episode. But okay, so that's kind of the heavy portion of this. And now we're going to get on to just like the get it done kind of stuff. So a lot of you, a lot of you, a lot of you asked, how the heck do I start a podcast? And like, what software do I need? How do I find an audience? What are even all the steps? And I am going to tell you guys, I knew absolutely nothing about podcasting uh, February of this year. (laughs) I knew literally nothing. Um, I listened to podcasts, but I couldn't tell you the first thing about creating them. I knew a lot of, um, I I have friends who are in the audio world and who are audio engineers and they helped me with kind of some of the basic stuff, but I literally did not know a thing. So I'm going to tell you some tips, some things that really helped me get started and things that I think are things I wish I had known right off the bat in February and didn't have to learn the long and hard way. And then we're also just going to go through some steps that are I'll probably end up fleshing these out in like a blog post later on, but I at least want to hit on them here so you know that they exist. Because sometimes, especially with podcasting, I think that's the hardest part is... um It was just things that I literally didn't even know existed. I didn't even know to mess them up because I didn't know that they needed to be done. So once you've got your idea down, once you've got your why down, there's a couple steps here that can, I think, go in any order that you want. For me, I'm gonna tell you the one that I did next, but I think this is largely due to my personality. So this may not be you, but I started creating graphics For this podcast that I knew I was gonna make, I created templates for what my album art was gonna look like. I created a website template of what I wanted my website to look like. I created a logo and a color scheme and picked fonts. I did all of that first. And like I said, I think that's kind of unusual for a lot of people, but. For me, I'm such a visual person. And so to have those on my computer and the logo I printed out and just to have it there, it just made it feel real. And for me, I think that was one of the huge driving factors that got me to completion in the timeframe that I did. So if you're like me and you're a visual, um, visuals drive you, I think that this is a great first step because it's going to make it feel real. And it's also going to set the tone and the theme for what you want your podcast to be like. For me, I knew I wanted it to be um, kind of around growth. And so I focused on like plants and green. And I also wanted it to be joyful and happy. So I kind of zeroed in on that as well. So step one, create your graphics if you're like me and that's gonna drive you, which I would highly recommend doing that. For me, I used canva.com. I'll put this in the show notes, but this is a great resource for graphic design creation, especially if you're someone that has no graphic experience. It's going to be a pretty simple way for you to get a professional-looking effect. I will go ahead and tell you that they have a free plan and a pro plan. The free plan is pretty um, extensive. I think you should try starting with their free account and see what you can do with it, especially just for like your logo creation and your album art. Mostly what you're going to get with the pro level is a brand kit. So you have you can have a place to save all your fonts and your colors, and you're also going to get access to their huge database of elements, stock photos, templates, etc. So I will be really honest with you. I use the pro version and I love the pro version. For me, it's very worth the money. But if you're just starting out and you're not sure this is something that you're going to stick with, then I would start with that free version and just kind of get your feet wet and see how you like it. And then you can always upgrade later. Um, My little shameless plug is that I'm an affiliate for Canva because I love it so stinking much. And if you decide you do want to go with that pro version, use my link in the show notes here because it gets you a discount and it gets me a discount. So it's kind of a (laughs) win-win. A little side note about Canva for your logo. So I have a blog post um, about Canva legals. And I highly recommend you read it before you start diving into using Canva for your logo creation and for um, any like merchandise you want to create. There are some legal things that you need to be aware of. It's nothing like bad or complicated. It's just, I did a heck of a lot of research um, on Canva and what you can and can't do uh, commercially with the things that you create there because it is like a, they give you templates and elements to use. So it's just important to know those things before moving forward. So Read that blog post, I will link it in the show notes, but basically the Cliff, Cliff, Cliff Notes version about logos is that you can't really create a legally binding or trademarked copyrighted logo in Canva because you used their elements, you didn't draw it, if that makes sense. So I did create my logo in Canva, but in the strictest sense of the word, a logo is something that's never going to be altered or changed, And I don't treat my logo that way. Like I'm happy to change colors on my logo. I might do that later on. And I've actually changed my logo since the beginning of using it. So as long as you feel like that's you and you are probably going to change it over time, you're not trying to like copyright it or trademark it or anything, you are good to go with Canva. But just go ahead and know that you're not going to be able to copyright a logo that you create in Canva. So that's that. That's graphics. So That's The second thing I would recommend you do. Then the third thing is really easy, and that's just decide on a show format. So that includes three things. That includes the length for each episode, the frequency of the episodes, and whether you want it to be like a solo or an interview style type of thing. For me, uh, I knew immediately that I wanted my podcast to be interview style, and that's really easy. It's because I'm sharing other people's stories of faith. So to do that, I obviously need other people. (laughs) So that one was a given for me. And then for the length of the show, that has also kind of evolved over time. When I started, I said my episodes are going to be 20 to 30 minutes, and the first episode was like 45. (laughs) So now that I've kind of gotten in the swing of things and I know how to interview a little bit better, I pretty much try to stick to that between 30 and 40-minute mark. I try to keep my interviews at 30 minutes, and then my intro, outro, and commercial usually bump it up to that like 35, 40-minute mark, depending on how everything goes. So... When you're thinking about the length of your show, don't forget to factor in things like you're going to have an intro, you're going to have an outro, you might want to do a commercial break. And so those are things that are going to increase that show length a little more than you might expect. And that's definitely what happened to me. (laughs) Uh, The frequency of episodes. The most common practice is weekly. Uh, most, Most shows do a new episode every week. That was my initial goal. Uh, Originally, I said I'm going to have a new episode every week. And then actually one of my good friends, Aaron, who works on this show, actually, he created some of the show music for this show and he does editing for me. We were getting kind of our initial episodes ready. And he said, (laughs) he, he was like, you know, you don't have to do an episode every week because I was feeling pretty overwhelmed and I was feeling really nervous to put out my first episodes because I... I knew once the once I ran through those episodes, I would have nothing left, and I was just worried I wasn't going to have enough time. I, I still had a full time job, and I was worried I wasn't going to have enough time to keep up with it. And you know, once you once you start a precedent, you have to uh, keep it up. So I was really nervous about that. And, he actually helped me realize that there's absolutely nothing wrong with starting off less frequently and then adding episodes in. That's certainly preferred to starting off weekly and then having to bump it back to, to a less frequent episode airing schedule. So I started off doing episodes every other week, and that's what I still do. It it really works for my, uh, for my schedule, and it just really works for me in this stage of life with Henry being a toddler and I'm still working. So... Yeah, I guess that's my two bit, my little two cents on that one <laughs> is I would think about your life, think about what works for you in this season of life, and don't be afraid to start off less frequent because you can always add more episodes in. That's kind of the easy third thing is deciding on that show format. The fourth thing is going to be to start planning out your introductory episodes. So, Common practice is that you want to have episodes in the hopper before you launch. You're going to want to have like probably 10 episodes ready to go, completely done, edited, etc., before you ever launch your show. Uh, For me, because I decided to do bi weekly, I think I ended up with like six or seven completed episodes before I actually launched publicly. But if you're going to do a weekly show, I would highly recommend 10. So this. This phase of planning is when you really need to sit down and just start hashing out what those episodes are going to look like. If you're doing an interview-based show, think about who you might want to interview, what topics you may want to cover, what questions you want to ask. If you're going to do commercials, you need to start thinking about what commercials are going to go in each episode, who do you need to connect with to make those partnerships happen, write your intros and outros, all that jazz. Start planning it. And then after that, get down to interviewing or get down to cutting those episodes if you're doing a solo style show. But this stage of the game is really just create content. Create, 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 create. This, took, this was the longest portion of the process for me. It took weeks because I had to interview people, obviously. So this is when you're going to start figuring out how long it's going to take you per episode. And that's also going to help you kind of adjust if you need to on your frequency of episodes, because I think it's kind of hard to know how long something's going to take until you actually do it. (laughs) And for me, it took way longer than I thought it was going to, especially the editing portion, which we're going to talk about next, because that is the next step. But first, let's take a quick break. I have inundated you with lots of thoughts and content. So Let's take a quick break and you can hear me talk about Canva some more and then we'll come back. If you've been following me on social media, you know I'm starting to share tips and tutorials on an online graphic design program called Canva. I discovered this program a few years ago and since then I've used it professionally and personally to create visually stunning graphics with a level of efficiency I didn't even know was possible. Lately, I've been seeing and speaking with content creators of all types, and I've discovered that many of you share the same view about your visual presence online that I do. You want your online presence to be aesthetically pleasing, but your core mission is to share the love of Christ. And so that's what you want to spend your time doing. And I totally understand that. That's why I'm recommending Canva to you. And I wouldn't recommend it if I didn't love it and use it myself all the time. Because with Canva, you can create beautiful social media posts, shareable images and graphics for your online platforms. You can curate a web page with images and graphics that look like they were created by a professional graphic designer. And you can do all of this without it taking up all your time or busting your budget. I've seen the results and I know Canva works. I know that Canva's millions of built-in stock images and elements, free icons and shapes, photo filters, and hundreds of fonts are just what you need to level up your online presence from social media to your website and beyond. You can even use it to create quality printed content that is directly aligned with your brand. So head to my show notes and use the link to try Canva Pro free today for 30 days. I just know that you will be as hooked as I was and you'll be a Canva user for life. Okay, so, so far we've talked about finding your why, we've talked about creating graphics, we've talked about Canva, we've talked about getting a show format, and we've also talked about batch creating content pre-launch. So you've done all of those things, you're feeling really good, you're feeling really excited, and now comes the part that most creatives, including me, hate, and that is editing. So I use Audacity to edit. It is, it's free. So that's really my... (laughs) largest driving factor in using it. But also it's just got a really um, small learning curve. So I think it's easy to learn, especially for people like me who are not audio engineers. But this is the next stage in your process, and that's editing the episodes that you've created. So you are I would highly recommend Audacity. There's tons of YouTube videos on how to use it. And you're going to start editing the episodes, cutting out the ums, cutting out the awkward spaces of time, cutting out things that went over time, and you don't have time to use them, just do your basic editing. And then you comes kind of the more complicated part of editing, which is a little bit hard to, I don't really have time to go into huge detail on this. So This might be something I have a whole blog post dedicated to, but There's a whole other side of editing beyond just that basic stuff, and that's flying your music in. That's having a show intro at the very beginning and a show outro at the very end and splicing those pieces in, putting your commercial break in the middle, having music fade in and out for all of those segments. That is the part that I found to really take up a lot of time. And if you have the means and the resources to do it, this this is where I would spend your money. Find someone who is good at this and pay them to do it. (laughs) I uh, do use my friend Aaron and he does this part for me. So he does all of the major editing and he also helped create a lot of the show music for my show, which that's a whole nother beast is trying to find music that really fits the vibe you want. And if you have a good audio engineering friend, they can do it for you. (laughs) So Aaron is the best. Um, He does this for other podcasts. I'm not his only one. So if you're starting a podcast and you're like, hmm, I'm interested in that, I will put a link to um, contact me or contact him, and I can tell you kind of more about how our relationship works. But using someone like him would be – it will save you a lot of sanity. I guarantee it. (laughs) So that's the next phase is doing editing and then kind of wrapped into that is picking out your show music, which I already touched on a little bit. I did find a website where I purchased um, some show music, but honestly, if I had known um, what all Aaron was capable of before, I probably would have never even purchased that music. I would have just had him write all the music for the show. So I will try to find that website. You may decide you want to go that route and it's not a bad route at all. In fact, I think it's a great it's a great way to do it because you're going to own the rights to that music to use in your show and you're going to end up using it a lot. So it is worth it. But I think if you're going to pay someone to edit for you anyway, you may as well wrap all this into one. So I'll try to find that link and I'll put it in the show notes, but that's just a little caveat about that. Another little caveat while we're here is listen to other podcasts that are in your genre. I obviously am a Christian podcast, so I found myself listening to tons and tons and tons of Christian podcasts as I was doing this initial batch creation of episodes. One of my favorites is The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I also love That Sounds Fun with Annie Downs. And both of those really helped me zero in on what I wanted my show to feel like. It held me zero in on what I wanted my music to feel like. It helped me zero in on format, um, the way I wanted my audio to sound, just everything. And those kinds of things vary so much with podcasts. And so if you're anything like me, um, well, actually, if you're anything like anybody, (laughs) what you love and what you listen to is probably what your audience is going to love and want to listen to. So I think using other podcasts as research is something that don't skip that step. Is what I'm trying to say. Just don't skip that step. Listen and do your research on podcasts that you love because the vibe and the feel of your podcast will be determined by that format you pick and by the music you pick. So definitely do that. The next step is going to be designing what your show notes are going to look like. So I used WordPress for that. I did it through my website. I will probably create a blog post on this as well at some point, but um, that's a whole other thing. I have a template that. I use for my show notes. And so I just drop in the content every time I have a new episode, but they always look the same. So that is not a huge and daunting part of the process, but a necessary one. I think it, it was something that I was scared of doing at first because I didn't know anything about show notes. But again, I looked at podcasts that I loved and I looked at what their show notes looked like. I looked up generic show notes templates. I pulled all the data and I eventually found something that I felt like felt like me And that I loved and that covered everything that needed to be covered. And there's just kind of like some generic things that are always covered in show notes for podcasts. So I'll probably create a blog post on that at some point so you can know like what goes in show notes. But that's what I did next. And then after that is kind of just like the nitty gritty like detail stuff. After that, you're going to get your podcast hosted. I used Captivate to host my podcast, still do. And your hosting platform, Captivate for Me, will help you create like a web player and it'll help you get your podcasts onto all the platforms where people most commonly listen to podcasts, you know, like Apple Music, Spotify Podcast. I said Apple Music, but I meant Apple Podcasts. Yeah, that's what it's called. Okay. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so your hosting platform will help you through all those steps, but I definitely you need to give yourself time for those steps because getting syndicated on some of these platforms takes a little bit longer than you might expect. There's forms to fill out and accounts to create and, you know, you have to have an episode in there so they can verify and all that kind of stuff. So, You can't do this step any earlier because you're going to have to have some completed episodes in order to do it. But just don't, please don't like get on your hosting platform and start setting it up like the night before your podcast goes live (laughs) because you will want to tear your hair out. So don't do that. (laughs) Um, And then I guess any other tips for me would be from me would be to decide on a plan for how you're going to market your podcast. Um, That was a question a lot of you guys asked on Instagram, like how do you get people to listen? Um, I use Instagram ads, Facebook ads. I use my own social media platform. I did a lot of research on hashtags that people use for podcasts in my niche. I created a newsletter that I send out every week that tells people about what's going on in the podcast I use Pinterest pins. Pinterest is like your best friend for creating um, content that will drive people to your podcast. So anytime I have a new topic on the podcast, I create many, many pins for it. And that's pretty much the end. So this is almost 30 minutes of me telling you about podcasting. I hope it is interesting to you. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to DM me on Instagram. That's where I check messages most frequently. And um, if you heard something here and you have more questions about it, feel free to ask me. I'll probably start creating blog posts about all this stuff, depending on what you guys want to hear more about. But if I had any parting words for you, it would be just to remember to stick to your why through all of this. Um, Remember why you're doing what you're doing, because it's most likely not to be some sort of mega influencer. (laughs) For me, I focus on individuals who reach out to me and tell me how much the podcast has inspired or changed them. Uh, those just remind me that what I'm doing matters. And if it matters to one person, then you have made a difference. And for me, I want to see women be inspired and changed by stories of faith that impact them. And whenever I hear somebody say that that's exactly what happened when they listened to an episode of mine it just means the world to me. It means so much to me. And it can be easy to get bogged down looking at your stats. It can be easy to get bogged down looking at how many people shared your Instagram post about your episode or liked it or read the show notes or saved your episode or downloaded it or whatever. It's easy to just look at those numbers and feel like a failure. But I try to look at those numbers and remind myself that those are all individual people that chose to listen and were probably inspired. So just remember why you're doing what you're doing and that each individual person that you reach matters. So you are reaching those people and that is profoundly important. That That's kingdom work right there that you're doing. So I don't want you to forget that um, as you kind of get started on this and If you are editing and you're bogged down and you're like, ugh, I hate this, (laughs) just remember why you're doing what you're doing and that the finished product will be worth it, even if it only inspires one or two people. It's 100% worth it. Um, And it's really fun, honestly. I mean, I have loved podcasting way more than I thought I would. (laughs) I... I liked the idea of podcasting. And then when I started batch creating my episodes, I was like, oh, my Lord, what have I gotten myself into? I thought I was going to burn out and quickly hate it. But every time I get to sit down and interview a new person and I hear their story of faith and I hear what matters to them and what just sets their soul on fire, I'm reminded that... This is such fun work that I get to do, meeting people, hearing how amazing they are, hearing what God has done in their life, and knowing that I'm basically broadcasting it for other people to hear. And it is fun, and you meet great people, and it's creative, and don't get discouraged. Don't get burnt out. Stick to your why, and you can change the world, friend. Thanks again for joining me, everyone. If you love Where Faith Grows, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and give it a thumbs up. I sure am glad to have you join me in this space where we can explore faith and all the places it grows together. Have a wonderful week, friends. I'll see you next time on Where Faith Grows.